Welcome to Zion Impact Ministries, the local assembly of the Kingdom Community of Believers. As you listen to this message, we pray that God establishes the governing influence of Christ Jesus in your life through fellowship and the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. On Friday, we had a powerful all night. Apostle helped us pray to destroy all the things that are holding us back from our families. And going forward, we really want to see God work. We want next year to be different. We want to not have shaky moments. So that even if the world is wicked, our testimony has to be different. But Jesus said something. He said that the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. And so even in wicked moments, shaky moments, it seems to be working for people. Have you seen how many cars there are going around when you are saying that the system is bad? Gasu, don't shake or say it so that they can hear it. So you think it's bad, but for some people, it is the best time. So you, the child of God, must position yourself where you have to be and where you belong and do the things that you have to do to ensure that you will live under the economy of heaven so that the things that are surrounding you do not affect you. So that you can walk next year standing here by God's grace in transformation and you will say that God has been good to me. Because this happened, but see, God did this, and God does that. So that when people are sad, you, you are lifted. Okay? And so, so many things come our way as children of God. And so beyond an encounter and beyond wanting to see Jesus, there is something else that we must do. Hallelujah. Amen. The book of Matthew chapter 19, we'll read from verse 16. NIV, Reverend Ruben. If you can read from me, read from verse 16 and end at 22. Matthew 19, from verse 16. NIV. NIV, yes. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? He just replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Verse 18. Which ones? He inquired. Jesus replied. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 21. Jesus said something. My emphasis, come, follow me. Mm. 
This is somebody who wanted to see Jesus. So I have seen Jesus. Jesus says I should do this. But am I ready to do it? He says, oh, this one, it seems like I can do it. I've done it. That Jesus says, the real test is here. Come, follow me. What does it mean to follow somebody? Anybody? What does the word follow mean? The English people in the house. It means that to go after, hallelujah, go after a person, go or a thing, but we are talking about Jesus, so we are talking about a person. So Jesus said, come and follow me. Where I step, you step. What I do, you do. Follow me. So then you become what we call an imitation. So then Paul can boldly say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Because if I am doing what Christ is doing, if you follow me, then you are eventually doing what Christ is doing. Hallelujah. Now, let me read the book of Matthew 4 from verse 19. Same as the scripture that Reverend Sammy used about an encounter in Luke 5. Verse 1 through 11, when we were talking about the encounter of Peter and Jesus. You realize that the same story in Matthew, Jesus comes to these people who are fishing in their nets and he just says, come, follow me. And unlike what the young man didn't want to do, Bible said they left everything, their nets, and they followed Jesus. But this young man, Bible says that in verse 22, right, he left sad because he had a lot of things that he thought were worth something. What are you holding on to in your work with Jesus? Are you sure you are following Jesus? Because he has said that if you want to follow me, you must first of all deny yourself. Just what Peter and the others did. Leave everything. Carry your cross. And follow me. And Apostle has taught us time and time again that a cross is not necessarily a bad thing, but your assignment and your purpose that Jesus gives you when you meet him. So in the case of Peter, in Matthew 4, 19, he said, come follow me, and then the assignment follows, and I will make you fishers of men. That was their assignment. Hallelujah. And so this morning, we are talking about following hard after the master. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you see, is it enough to get up and follow? Will you arrive at your destination? See, following Jesus didn't end when Jesus died on the cross. It continued. That is why you and I can follow Jesus today. So following after the master starts when you come into the kingdom 
And because the kingdom is eternal, it doesn't end. But for our earthly journey, following after the master ends on this earth, when the master calls and it's time to go home, or the master has come in the clouds with a shout of an archangel. And the Bible says that those who are dead will rise, those who are alive will meet him. Then following on this earth has ended. Last Friday, something struck me when I was thinking about this message and what God had been telling me. Because today was Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, Father, we must go and share something about Thanksgiving. But it didn't move the way I thought it would. A colleague in the office had been made a queen mother, a paramount queen mother. And as I passed by her office, she said, ah, these people, you know, now she can't go and buy wachi by herself. She can't go to the cocoa cellar and buy cocoa. Queen mothers don't do that. You know that, right? <laughs> you can't go, I mean, you can't go to, and eat by She said, before this, she can be working and eating new sugar cane she bought from, I mean, but she can't do it anymore. And yet you and I are here. Royal priests. We do our things anyhow. And yet we say we are following the master. So then, Bishop said something. When he talked about diplomacy, if you remember, we were talking about soul winging, and he talked about diplomacy and then marriage. And then he made an example of Vasti's attitude, something that was between a husband and a wife and how it was interpreted by the wise men because it was a national issue. Now for you, the child of God, in your following, your life becomes a movie that other people are watching. And same way, whatever we do and whatever we say shows who we are following. So the world says that, show me your friend. And they will tell you that birds of the same feathers, they flock together. So when they see you, the child of, you say you're a child of God, doing something that the master will not do. It sends a message. You don't belong. And as I said earlier, this whole thing is a big journey that we are on. Paul calls it a race. And then Paul tells us that in our running after our master, we are supposed to run so as to win. Because you can't afford to fail. Because some people thought that they were following the master until they got to the judgment throne and they said, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. I was following you. Oh, I was following the word. The Bible says that when we pray, it must be in the name of Jesus. I did that. Oh, I cast out that devil. But your word said that if I preach the power of God will allow me to cast out the devil. I mean, I belong to you. I've helped people. I've healed people. But Jesus said something. He said, get away from me. 
I do not know you. That tells you that this journey of following is an interesting one. And it doesn't mean that you will arrive. So beyond an encounter, beyond wanting to see Jesus, you must follow Jesus. So how do we follow Jesus? So that we will arrive. So that we will arrive. Because when you read Revelation 3.5, it tells you that your name can even be erased from the book of life. It means you didn't arrive. Because you see, even in arriving, there's a reward. So he says, he who overcomes, I will do this, and I will do that. He who overcomes this, he who overcomes that. We will get to that shortly. And so this morning, we want to ask ourselves, or basically realign ourselves, as we go into this final lapse of this year and get into next year, what will we do differently so that our work will be fruitful and we will not be doing things and we think we are doing it for God and yet we are wasting our time. Hallelujah. Now we want to look at Peter. After he had had that encounter, the Bible says that he left everything and he followed Jesus. But Peter nearly didn't make it. This is somebody who has had powerful revelations. Jesus is asking people, who do men say I am? And this guy comes out with a powerful revelation and says, you are the son of God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Meaning that Peter had gotten into the realm where he can actually hear from God. So you are sitting here. Can you hear from God? Yes. Does that mean you will make it? Because after that, the same Peter told Jesus, don't say you are going to die. I'm paraphrasing. This can't happen to you. So this is somebody who knows the mind of God because he just spoke the mind of God in a few verses before that. So between that verse and this verse, what happened? Because Jesus, knowing that it was not Peter, but the devil rebuked the devil that was manipulating Peter at the time. and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Meaning that in our walk and following after the master, the devil will come. Just like he came in the garden and told the people, did God say you can't do this? But Jesus told us that Peter in Luke 22 said, the devil wants to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. Meaning that in this whole journey of following the master, you need the master 
to be able to go on in this journey. So you can't get to the place where you think that I know enough. So that when the word of God is coming to you, then you go like, oh, once she starts this way, this is where she will pass. Oh, this is where this message will end. Preconceived ideas because you think you know. So Peter was used to the Jesus who had power and had authority. Are we there? And he had heard from God telling him that this is the son of God. So obviously the son of God, God has power, God has authority. The son of God can die. But how? And so in his preconceived notions, presumptions, assumptions, the devil found a way in. So he went to Jesus and said, Oh, don't say that. In fact, rebuking Jesus. How can you say that? Don't say that. This will not happen. Because he thought he had had a revelation and he knew the mind of God. But I'm here to tell you this morning that revelation is progressive. What you know today is not necessarily what God is doing tomorrow. And so in your walk, following hard after the master, you must make it a daily affair, an hourly affair, a minute affair. Finding out, Father, what are you saying? What are you doing? Hallelujah. Amen. So number one, in this journey of following the master, you need the master. A constant walk with the master but you see this same Peter that we are talking about you and I following the master got to a place after Jesus had prayed though, you would think that from then on his journey would be smooth but it wasn't so even though God is with you the waters and the fire they will come but he said, I am with you. So when you get to that point, you still follow the master. Even though it looks like it is dangerous. Even though it looks like water. Hey, if I go into water, I will drown. But he says, follow me. So David said, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. For God was with him. So in this journey after the master, I'm not telling you that when you started to sweet, no. I'm saying that you need the master. And he has already promised us that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So when you get to that place in the journey where it seems very wicked, know that the master is still there. And it is this, the master never leaves. We are the people who drift away. Because when it gets to those places, like Mrs. Botre said, she told herself, this is an unserious job, it's not mine. I'm sure if she had another option, this thing, she wouldn't even do it. But that was the master, with her right there. 
Now this Peter sees Jesus about to be crucified. Oh, after Jesus has just prayed for him. Oh, a young lady comes to the fire and says, You, I know you, you belong to Jesus. He says, No, 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 I don't know him. The second time. Oh, I, I've seen you. No, 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 I don't know him. And even when Jesus was trying to tell him that this is what you would do in Luke 22, he said to me, Lord, I love you. I will go with you to the end. How many of us have said that before? But when you woke up that day and you went to the office and you didn't have money and that deal came, it didn't look too bad, right? Oh, it didn't look like a big deal. You know, this, it's a small thing. Let me just pass this document in. You know, I don't have any money, you know, and something will come. So Peter sees this girl and says, I don't know him. Because at that moment, it was a life and death issue. The soldiers had come. And was either going to be tried, crucified. Nobody knew the outcome. Have you gotten to the place in your life where you don't know the outcome? So it seems like you have to go your own way. So Peter, at that moment, was, I don't know him. So imagine that Jesus didn't pray for him. Because by the time he had done that, he lifted his head and he realized the master was still there. And the master had not left him. So sometimes in this walk, like the story of the seeds that were sown, that encountered thorns, the curse of this life will show up. Wanting to truncate your journey of following the master. Bible calls it the deceitfulness of riches as well. That is why the young rich man who came to Jesus thought his riches was worth something. But it was worth nothing at all. Because Jesus said, so if you have everything and you lose your soul, what do you have? This morning, we are just reminding ourselves about this thing that we want to do. Because you and I are here because of a call. We heard Jesus speak to somebody, and we are sitting here. Most of us have met Jesus in one form or the other. You didn't meet Jesus. Physically, you met Jesus in apostle. You met Jesus in the person who told you to come to church. You met Jesus through one of his own. So you have seen Jesus. Now, some of us have been in church for a while and we say we are following the master. But are we following the master? Really, really following. So that if today it will not happen to us because the apostle has declared over our lives over and over again that none of us will die before her time. So that one we are sure that none of us will die before her time. But if the master comes now, would your Lord, Lord, that you have been saying, thank you, Jesus, that you have said today, will it matter? 
Because you see, <laughs> some people did more than we are doing now. And Jesus came after them. That they were not doing enough. We will get there. And so then if you want to save your life like Peter did, the Bible says that you will lose it. So he nearly lost his life. But when Jesus would pray for him, he prayed ahead of the problem and said, when your faith is restored, take care of your brethren. So Jesus knew, just like the master knows, that in our walk and in our journey after the master, we will fall. Because the systems of this world are designed to make you the child of God, not to make it. Don't think that the world is your friend. No. It has never been your friend. Because to Peter, it was a way to save himself. I don't know him. And that way, at that moment, seemed right to Peter. And so the Bible has told us that there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that road is death. So at that moment, Peter, if he hadn't repented, would have lost it. That's why I told you at the beginning that you have to run so as to win because you can't fail. Your failure means you are out. And so to make it, you need the master. So this morning, what way has been seeming right to you that you have been following after? Instead of following the narrow road, because the narrow road seems to be hard. Seems like nothing is working on it. Seems like I can't see my left and my right. I mean, it's narrow. So the systems of this world are designed to make the way that seems right to a man very happy very joyous full of solutions oh you need network it's good men have a place god uses men but the way of this world will tell you that to join freemason is a networking thing now there are so many of them i don't want to mention names because But there are so many of them join this, join that, and they seem to be making it. But on your narrow road, you have you and Jesus in front of you walking. And it doesn't seem like anything will come out of it. But the Bible says that that way is life. And so in making decisions every day, we need to make a conscious decision to do the right thing. to do the right thing, even when we would lose our lives for it. Hallelujah. Now we want to consider another person who said he was following Jesus. Bishop, my time is up. Who seemed like he was following Jesus? But before that, let's finish with Peter so that we don't have to come back with, to Peter again. 
This same Peter, who was afraid for his life, had another encounter. This time round, he met the Holy Spirit that Jesus had given. Now, Peter meets the Holy Spirit. Well, the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon him. And this same Peter, who was the Pharaoh, the afraid man, stood up before 3,000 people and said, I am here to tell you about Jesus. This man will give you life. And after that, see the transformation. He never looked back. Yes, there were times when he nearly was misbehaving and Paul put him right in the case of the Jews, the circumcision and all those issues. But for the most part, he followed the master. Number two is that in this walk of following the master, you need the Holy Spirit. Without fail. Because even in your encounter now with Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit that gives you a revelation of who Jesus is. Number three, you don't need one encounter. You need continuous encounters with the Lord. Paul, in the book of Acts 9, was somebody who encountered Jesus and his life was transformed. But he didn't end that encounter there. When you read 2 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about his other encounters. He said, I knew a man, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, and he continued telling the people about his experience with God. Meaning that to go on, because he was the one who had a testimony of saying that I have fought a good fight, I have run the race, and now I'm ready to go. And when you check his life, it was full of encounters. Can you read that scripture for us? Second Corinthians 12. Start from verse 1. Verse 1. I must go on boasting. Although there is nothing to be gained, I will go on to visions and revelations from the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether it was in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, but God knows, was caught up to paradise and heard inexpressible things, things that no one is permitted to tell. I'll boast about a man like that, but I will not boast about myself, except about my weakness. Verse 6. Even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool, because I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain, so no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I do or say, or because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three Amen. times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. 
Amen. So now we see Paul following Jesus, but with a series of encounters. Personal revelations, personal experiences. Number three, following after the master is a personal thing. As much as it's good to meet as brethren to pray, your walk is your walk. Your following is your following. So this person did this and it worked for him. It doesn't mean that you will do the same thing and it will work for you. Hallelujah. So in following after the master, we need to desire sincere encounters with God. He said he was caught up to the third heavens and inexplicable things were shown him. That is what built his faith in following after the master so that they can put him in chains and he doesn't care because he knows what he has seen. He knows what he has heard. He knows what Jesus has told him. What has God told you? Are you relying on the past? Because in the past he met Jesus. Jesus told him, go, they will show you the things you have to do for me. So he also received an assignment. But he didn't end there. So you need the master himself. You need the Holy Spirit. Now you need your own personal revelation. And an encounter. Encounters to follow Jesus. Because that is what will hold you the day the chains come. That is what will hold you the day the trials come. Your conviction See, this man met God. And so he knew that after all that God has shown me, if somebody comes put on YouTube that there's no God, eh, I don't care. But like Gasu shared with us, if it wasn't that he had had sound counsel that he should pay his tithes, he probably won't because what we are hearing nowadays, you can't follow the master. In giving your substance. Because you are supposed to give everything. Not some. So Paul says it is no longer I who lives. But that Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20. So that this is where we have to come to. Because following after the master like I said. It's not about you anymore. Is the master takes one step and I take one. See, even Jesus followed after the master, which was his father, because he said, what I see my father do, that is what I do. And that is how he was able to meet the devil after 40 days of fasting and still make it. When he was having trouble, he went to his father and said, let this cup pass me by. But the father strengthened them. So the days when you are tired, you go to your master Jesus and say, Father, I need your strength to go through the next phase of this journey. That's why I told you that you need the master. You need him to be able to follow after him. So his father strengthened him. Even with the temptation of the devil, his father sent angels to hold him when he was put on the mount. So you need the master to follow the master. 
we ended at personal revelations and encounters. Because like I said, the journey is an individual journey. When you stand before God, accounting is you. So that day you can't go and say, and Zion didn't teach me. And this one, apostle didn't preach it. It is your responsibility to follow the master. Not someone else's. That day you go and say, and Bishop didn't say it. And I was angry because Bishop did something. It is your following. So when you allow offense, unforgiveness, and all those things to stay in your heart, and you develop bitterness and all that, and it truncates your journey of following the master. It is you, not the person who offended you. Because the person who offended you, God will deal with him. Yes. But the honest lies on you, who is following the master, to know that the master never kept any of these things in his heart. And so you, the child of God, you can't keep any of these things. And so you follow the master. So his disciples came and said, how often should I forgive the other person? And he gave him a beautiful big answer. So that by the time you get to that end, you should have learned that you can't keep track of one. And it wasn't for the person has sinned though. It's each type of sin, basically. So if he slapped you, he should slap you 77 times 7 before <laughs> you can how can you count one today? He slapped me too. Then you must have a very big job of recording things. If you had spent that time reading your Bible, it would have been better. And so following after the master is a personal thing. And you need personal encounters with the master. Continuous revelations with the master. Because that is what will keep you on that way. What the master has told you. So Jesus knew what his father has told him. That he must die. So when the devil came through Peter. Saying you can't say this. Jesus said no. I must do what my father says. I should do. And so he followed the master. His father. So that when other children are playing. And doing games. And you must force your child to read the Bible. Remember that Jesus did something. He told his parents, I must be about my father's business. And so in your daily work, you must be about the master's business. Not your business. So the master's business. If I want to go on and on. We will not live here. So like I said, I'm going to cut it somewhere. And then we'll continue another time when God gives us grace. We'll read Revelation chapter 2. About the church called Ephesus. Reverend Robin. Revelation chapter 2 from verse 1. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write... These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. 
I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Amen. Before you go to the next verse, does it sound like you? Are you working hard for God? Amen. Are you? Aira Mukam, she's working hard for God. She's doing videos. Sylvia is counting money. Somebody is sweeping. Mrs. Botcher is busy baking for the Lord. All of us, we are doing something for God. Are we not? Angela will hear a call from me, the two of them. Pray, oh, pray, oh. I'm sure they had something else to do, but I said pray, oh, pray, oh, so they will pray. So they are working hard for God. He says, I know your perseverance. Are you persevering? You are. Things are hard, but you are pushing on with God, aren't you? Oh, I want answers. Aren't you? I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people. Is it not true? It's true. Or you, you like wicked people? You can tolerate wicked people. No. So does this church sound like us? Oh, please respond. Yes. If it doesn't, tell me you. In fact, if a false prophet came, I'm sure some of us would say, no, this word that he's giving in, that is not scriptural. I mean, we see them on TV and immediately we tell ourselves, the way this guy is doing this thing, no, he's not correct. Mm. So we can tell. And he says, you have endured hardships for my name. So this year, you could have done to make sure that you are fine. But you are enduring hardship for the Lord, are you not? Yeah. Marilyn said, we have not grown weary. God is good. We keep pushing through. So this church sounds like all of us today, seated here, who have given beautiful testimonies, thanking God for how we have gone through and how hard it has been for the Lord. Verse 4. Verse 4. Yet I hold this against you. Yet... I hold this against you. Yet. I hold this against you. Not me. The master is speaking to all of us. He says, in spite of all the things you say you are doing for me, mm. I know. I know how hard it is to wake up to come. I know how hard it is to push the car out there and the speakers in the rain and be saying, come to Jesus. chain. I know. He says, you are doing it for me. It's not that I can't see it all. I can see it. I know it. Minister Ruben. Yet I hold this against you. Yet he has something against you. It means that all the things that we claim we are doing for God, in following after him, is not enough. So you can pray 12 hours. He says, I still have something. It is not enough. So this morning I came to announce to you and then to myself that all that I think I am doing is not enough.
So as I was speaking, I'm sure you were telling yourself, I've been trying, I mean, following the master. So beyond an encounter and wanting to see Jesus, you have to follow Jesus. And beyond following Jesus in word and in deed and in doing the things that you do, you must do one more thing. Minister Lamy. Yet I hold this against you. You are forsaking the love you had at first. Consider how far you are falling. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. Verse 6. No, it's okay. He says, you have forgotten about me. The one you are doing the thing for. But how is that possible? Somebody is asking. So somebody said, Lord, Lord. <laughs> I healed in your name. I mean, I did it for you. I remember when he's talking. He says, I know all your hard work. Oh. I know. That for my sake you are enduring. But now he says, you have left me. Oh Lord, I'm doing that thing for you. How is it then that I have left you? The Bible says that do everything as unto the Lord. So the prayer that you are busy praying for the past how many days was the reason Jesus They're singing. Is it Jesus? The work you are doing is the reason Jesus or the money you can get. But when I get the money, I'll pay my tithe. But are you doing it as unto the Lord? Is Jesus the reason? Because in this kingdom, it is about the king. So when you leave everything and you say it is for the king, it really must be for the king. It really must be for the king. And so this morning, I'm asking you, and I'm asking myself, because if it was really for the king, I will do it to the very best of my ability. So he says in Malachi 1 verse 6 and following. Message translation. Malachi 1, one from verse 6. Message. Isn't it true that a son honors his father. Leave it there. Isn't it true that you give respect to your father at home? Isn't it true that you give respect to your boss in the office? But do you really respect God? 
So that if you book an appointment with the king at nine, you leave your house, me included, at six because I don't know the eventualities of life. Just so I can make that appointment. If you had an interview for a job, for school, for whatever reason, that was going to bring you benefit, you will not be late. But when it is for God, we can't see God, so we do it the way we can. You didn't do it for him. You did it for yourself. Isn't it true that a son honors his father and a worker his master? So if I'm your father, where's the honor? If I'm your master, where's the respect? Excuse me. Please hold on. So if I am your master, do we understand the word master? He says, A, you don't say B. And you don't ask him why. You just do it. See, Judas, in John chapter 12, asked Jesus, why wasn't this oil that the woman came to pour on your, your, your feet sold? That shows you there, right there, that that guy had a problem. Forget about the fact that he was chopping the money. The ma somebody has come to do something for your master. If you are a servant or a follower, does that concern you? It doesn't. So you bring money to the altar of God. Then now you want apostle to give you an accounting for the money you brought to God. Really? You're a big person. And why is the church doing this? Why can't they do this? They should have done it this way. Is it your money? The minute it left, in fact, even when it was in your hands, it belonged to the master. Then when you bring it, eh, but accountability, accounting what? Is it your money? Are you following God? In fact, will you go and tell your boss to give you an accounting for how the company's money is spent? Are you the auditor? No. Let's be realistic. Your father is a tomb. Will you go and tell your father to give you an accounting of how he spends his pay? He will slap you one time. But we do it to God. We ask God to give us an account of why he didn't do it this way. We should look like a shortcut. And he did it the other way. And I've prayed and you have not answered me. And, I've prayed. and so what? If you are following the master, you must remember that it is the master first. It is all about him. You, if you had any understanding that was good, the Bible won't tell you to not lean on your own understanding. Because your own understanding has been fed by the systems of this world where you grow up your mindset and thinking. The minute you come into this kingdom and you make up your mind to follow the master, what you acquire for yourself is the understanding of the master. And you follow the master.
one step at a time. Going into this December and into this new year, let's reset our minds. Because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness. Then all other things, you didn't ask for it, it was given. Now, if you will follow the master well, all the things that you need, the master knows you need them. If you make it your choice, deliberately and consciously, to do what the master wants you to do, see, next year your testimony will be different. Amen. Because he will give you what you did not ask for. You will reap where you didn't sow because that's the characteristics of the master. You don't have to struggle. We struggle because it is not about the master. It is about us. It has always been. How am I going to do this? How am I going to? Yet we hear testimonies of people who were there and had nothing to eat and all of a sudden food came. So then does it mean that the master can't do it? Or we have to find our own way to sort ourselves out. At the end of the day it becomes us and not the master. So we are praying. We can tell false prophets. We can do all that. But the master says, you are doing all this, but it really has not been about me. Because you can know about me and not know me. So the call this morning is to know the master and to follow the master. Not to know about the master. Yes, we all know God is good, but do you know the good God for yourself? And if you knew that God was good, then it will never be about you. So that if a gunman should enter, God forbid, it will not happen. And says, how many people are ready to die for Jesus? You tell yourself, me, I've not lived my life. I've not married. I don't have children. It can't be me. In fact, devil, I rebuke you. So that God tells you to do some things and you go like, this can't be the voice of God. Because your own mind, your own way, it can't be God. And so then, is it about you? Are you following the master? I will leave it here. There are other scriptures to read, but you would say this one is foundation. Following after Christ is a big, big topic. And let's not overload ourselves. Let's leave it here. And then we can consider the things we have learned. Because I wanted, really wanted to come and say that thanksgiving is good. It brings multiplication. But see, if you don't understand that you are following and what the master gives you is of the master's free will and sovereignty, you can never be thankful. You didn't earn it. He gave it to you for free. But, you know, some of us, we think that we end it because we prayed. Hey, he doesn't have to answer your prayer. He's not under any compulsion whatsoever. 
to answer you. So I asked somebody a question one evening, some weeks ago. I asked them, why should God wake you up tomorrow morning? Why? That person who just died today, as you and I are sitting here, some people have died. For all you know, that person prays more than you. Loves God more than you. Spends all his money doing the things of God. Recently, a lighthouse bishop died. I asked somebody what happened. He said, myocardial infection, more like a heart attack of a sort. This man is doing God's work. People have come to testify. Ah, because of this man, my life changed. I became a Christian. His message is the way he talks. But he's gone. So you and I sitting here, saying we are following the master. All that you have done in your following, which one of them is good enough for God to wake you up tomorrow morning? <laughs> See, let's not joke. Because like I said from the beginning, if you don't follow us to win, you are out. And when the Bible says that you are out, like the people who went to say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. And he says, get away from me, you evil doer. It means that all the things we have suffered is for nothing. Because the master, he says, I will come to you in Revelations as we're reading and take away your lampstand, meaning that you, heaven, you make it. Yours is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we don't see the reality of it because we... Look, let a hot pot touch your finger with the pot on the fire that is hot. You see how it burns you. And imagine constant fire. And the hell we know, Christ, the reception area. There's a whole lake of fire. If we are going to be serious with God, let's be serious with God. Because you see, this current world we are in, most of us as children of God are compromising. If you are a seamstress and you are sowing us unto the Lord, and Jesus is the reason why you are sowing, somebody brings a style that you know the style does not give glory to God, you will reject that business. But in this instance, you will tell yourself that uh, is that person's life, what he wants, and you separate your work from your life as a child of God. I'm here to tell you that your life that you live as a child of God is not separate from who you are, your identity as a child of God. The last time I went to my director's office, we discussed a lot of things because at that time my boss was not around. So I went to replace my boss. And after they started joking among themselves, when I realized where the thing was going, I said, oh, please, I am going. And they were like, oh, I saw for no And they laughed, and I laughed, and I left. Somebody will sit there and be joking and be laughing. After all, if you can have audience with the director and the other managers, I mean, you are networking and paving way for yourself. So in the name of networking, we go places we shouldn't go. We know 
We know. And so I'm here to tell us that the small, small compromises. The Bible says that a little yeast, a little living, it will destroy everything for you. And so let's stop compromising. If you say you are for God, be for God. If it's not in the word, you can do it. God says, don't do it, don't do it. And if I don't do it, I'll be excluded. It's like I'm the only one in the office and I'm on the side and there. I don't care. I came to work. We traveled in June or so, July, uh, August. We went. My friends, my colleagues, it was training. After training, it was fun. I went there. After they had played the Christian songs and they started doing their own thing and I saw the other drinks, you understand me, coming out. I nicely went to ask somebody who had a car, can you take me to my room? And I left. The following day, hey, you missed though, the way you didn't see the boss dancing. It was not my place. And yet, my fellow Christians were there. They had some rabbit meat, some what's what meat, drinking. Before you realize, you have mixed something and you've drunk some and it has caused trouble for you. So, don't be there. Someone, to know what in the seat and the way of sinners, don't do it. It won't change anything about you because you have made up your mind that you are following hard after the master. Some of us have lost sight of the master. You can't even see him anymore to follow him. Because you were busy doing other things on the road. And so you can't see the master anymore. Today God is calling all of us to come back to the starting point of following the master. Because see, if you are not following the master, yes, somebody will say, but they are unbelievers. It's true. God is good. The Bible says he raised on the just and the unjust. But see, there are some things that belong only to the children. That is why they can go, 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 go. And for their healing, they have to come back to the house. Because healing, for instance, is the children's bread. They can do, 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 do at the end of the day. They still need Jesus. Because that's the only way to end this journey that we are on. When they are lying down in the hospital, in 2009, my colleague's father died. I knew her from school. And that man, he doesn't wear shirts from Ghana. Everything he uses in his house is shipped from outside, even water. But when he was lying at Kolebu, his money didn't save him. They tried everything. His brother was a medical doctor. He flew from the U.S. just to come and check his brother. He still died. Because at the end of it all, you still need the master. So why not follow him now?
Why not follow him now? Make a choice. To do it and do it well. Because we used to say when we were children, things done by house are never done right. Remember, finally, as I close my sermon, it says, love the Lord with all your heart. But we never do. We follow the master half-heartedly. You haven't given all to him. The money is there. You won't give all to God if he asks for it, will you? No. You are thinking about where next year. You know that, that thing that they are calling for, you know, something is hitting you. Take them. Go and stand there. No, 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 no. I have this fees to pay. That one to pay. And you start doing calculations in the church. You know, I owe this person this much. And... And so we do everything half-heartedly. Pray for somebody. Pray that the witch, in the name of Jesus, at the end of the day, you did that one half-heartedly. The one that was in your interest. You did it with all your might. Because it was about you. And not about the master. Because if it was about the master... Who has told you to love your neighbor as you love yourself? Anytime you see your neighbor, you are seeing yourself. And so whatever you are supposed to do for your neighbor, you will do it exactly like you'd have done for yourself. Rise to your feet this morning. I don't know what you heard. Who else wants to share what they heard? Um, so... It's not just about desiring and wanting to see Jesus. You have to actually follow him. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to share. And what does that mean to you? Um, it means... For your own life, I mean. And what are you going to do differently? Is there anything at all you are going to do differently? Um, I think I'll have to revisit the parts of my life that I'm not allowing Jesus into. And um, after that reflection, take intentional steps to actually allow him to transform me. So when that boy comes and says, hey, I'm allowing me to do this, otherwise it means you don't love me. And you think that you are 38 years old and or, and you need to get married. At that point, what will you do? It's an example, yes. Oh, it's not rhetoric. Oh, sorry. No, it's not rhetoric. I'll think about it. Yeah, I'll say I'll pray about it. <laughs> So my dear parents, yeah, don't push your children too much. Because in your quest to conform to society's issues and norms and culture, if you don't take care of the pressure you give your children, will cause them to make a decision you will regret. 
Because at the end of the day, they will answer to God. But you, the parent, you will also answer to God. Because we have seen parents pushing their children. And you are so many years old. Why are you not married? Bring a man home. You will bring a man home. And you won't like it. Eh, but I'm believers. Because you see, the reason why, I don't know why this thinking, because I told myself I've closed. But somebody needs to hear this. We've said it so many times and we've said it again. It's not okay. Eh, but kissing is nothing. It is not okay. Eh, but it doesn't matter what you did before. What matters is what you are doing from this very moment forward. It's not okay to sleep around. It's not okay to drink. It's not okay. And when the Bible, it is not okay. Whoever does word trips for, hear me and hear me well. Don't entertain that guy. You know what you are doing. Stop it. And he's helping me. It won't take you anywhere. Better you rely on God than to rely on man. The Bible says that curse is the man who trusts in the arm of flesh. If you rely on man to help you without God's instruction to that man to help you. But then he doesn't know that, I don't know what if he is not. Jesus will tell you if he is the man I have told to help you. Because he told Elijah, go to the widow in this place. I've commanded her. Even when the widow didn't know that she had been commanded to help. She had been commanded to help. Don't use your needs and then the things around you as an excuse to not follow the master. You heard me. Jesus is speaking to you. Don't do this. And God will surprise you. Amen. Shall we close our eyes? I know it is not God will bring you $5,000 million kind of word. So you are not super excited. But you want to close your eyes for the next just one minute and talk to God about this message that you heard. This is between you and God. I told you, following God is a personal thing. And so what you heard, talk to your master about it. What you are going to do differently. Because I see what looks like a whirlwind. That is changing people's location, changing people's direction, aligning people. And it started blowing from Marjuana's place. The wind was just turning and turning and turning. Talk to God. You have 30 more seconds. Allow God to redirect your life. Allow God to do something new. To reset 
the foundations. We have destroyed a lot of things on Friday. Going forward, we must have increase. Going forward, our lives must show people who belong to the king, the wealth of the kingdom, the glory of the kingdom. And that depends on whether you will follow the master. And so, Lord, we have heard your word. And as we stand before you, each person making their individual prayer and their individual commitment, we are asking together as a people, that, Lord, you will show us mercy and reset, oh God, our lives and help us to follow after you. Like Joshua said, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, we make that commitment, me as an individual, and as Transformation Mount, we are determined to follow the Master. And so, Lord, we ask you for grace and the strength to follow the Master. And Father, we pray, O oh God, that you position us to hear you when you speak to us and to be able to see you enough to follow you. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will strengthen us, the knees that are feeble, the hands that are weak, to run after you. And that, Lord, you will grant us the grace to run so as to win. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. you for listening if you were blessed by this message share it with someone so they can be blessed too we look forward to fellowshipping with you next time at zion impact ministries